you know, last week was Easter, as you all know, and, and, and you know, Easter was probably um, our most significant, momentous uh, Easter service ever. Um, it really was a testimony of the power of prayer. We, didn't, we, we haven't prayed for an Easter service like that ever. You know, 40 days um, of praying and fasting before that, uh, doing prayer walks, our prayer team's been praying, and it really was a testimony of what, um, what God can do when a church prays. And uh, I believe that it was a taste. It was a taste of what God wants us to do, you know. And if that was exciting to you and it was exciting to me, that was a taste of what God wants us and where God wants us uh, to go. Um, it was so significant to me, you know, over I think about 29 people uh, said, I'm going to place my faith in Jesus uh, there were like about 15 or so kids raised there and said, I'm placing my faith in Jesus. You know, and, you know, it, just, it was amazing to me that because of all of your help, right, because we worked together, we talked about we're going to do this as a church and we're going we're gonna, to uh, make and, and provide a service for people who don't know Jesus yet. And everybody worked really hard. We're going to be working the video, refreshments after, setting up on Saturday, the whole thing, praying, and... and and because of, because of all of your help, that there, there, are going to be, there are people who will be saved for all eternity. I mean, for all eternity. You know? and, and, and nothing is, nothing is better than that. You know, how great that was. And Easter, you know, there were a number of people, as we were praying, a number of people were talking about how significant Easter, uh, this Easter is, and how it was like a beginning, it's like a beginning, that it was the beginning of a new season, and I believe a new chapter in the life of our church, and I really believe that to be true. You know, key leaders are feeling this is greater sense of urgency, that we have to go out, we have to share the good news about Jesus, and we have to make disciples, you know, and we, and we need to make an impact in our city and in our world, you know. That, that this here isn't what church is all about. We huddle here on Sunday, and then we go out into the world. You know, we go out into the city. We're not here to escape the world, but we're here to make an impact in the world. And I feel like Easter was a beginning. You know, I'm convinced that, um, that God called for us, God's call for us is so much greater than what we can imagine. And God's been calling us to prayer. And I believe that this is the beginning. And uh, where we are now and what we're going to be undertaking for the next eight weeks or so, that's not an accident. You know, that God's, in God's design, he said, this is, this is the next step for you, church. This is our next step. And it's all about Jesus' invitation to us to follow me that he's calling all of us, and he's saying, will you follow me? And that's what this whole adventure uh, that we're starting today, today's kind of like an introduction, it's called Not a Fan, and that's what this is all about, that over the next eight weeks, that God is going to encourage us, that God's going to challenge us to, to, to really accept Jesus' invitation to follow him. And we're calling this a campaign, 
Because it's more than just like a regular sermon series. What we're doing is we kind of sync up all our small groups. We're asking all our small groups to get involved. And, and there's going to be a, a daily journal that we go through. And we're going to bring it all together. And it all starts here on Sunday morning. We're going to share a message. And we're going to follow that up through the week. And it's a campaign that we're trying to get the whole church involved. It involves the youth. The youth will be going through things as well. And I believe that um, as we as we move and as we take God up and take Jesus up on his invitation to truly follow him, it's going to change us. And hopefully, it'll change us to the point that we can go out and change the world. And so today is just kind of like an introduction about where we're headed. And the biggest question to me is why. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this, this campaign? And you know, the truth is, in our culture today, it is too easy to settle for something uh, so much less than what Jesus calls us to. It just really is. It's just too easy for us to think that, that being a Christian is just knowing Jesus. You know, because the truth of the matter is being a Christian is more than just knowing Jesus. Um, being a Christian is really about knowing who he is and actively following him. And I just, you know, I just had to repent. Because there are times when I, I just want to, I want to soft sell stuff because I don't want to offend anybody. You know? And Jesus is saying, no, you know, look at my example. Yeah, Jesus offended people. But when people followed him, they went out and they changed the world. And God says, Mark, if you guys want to change the world, that it starts with a church that follows me. And, and, and being a Christian and a true follower of Jesus is really a daily adventure of walking and obeying and following him. And, 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 and his most compelling challenge and his most compelling invitation that we read about in the New Testament is he went about and he just invited people with those two words, follow me. Will you follow me? You know? And, and he said that about 20 times in the New Testament where we see Jesus calling people, inviting people to follow him. And in Matthew 7, Jesus explains what it means to follow him. And uh, he says some things that just startled the people in that crowd. And it might startle some of you. And, and what he says is really sobering. It's really sobering. He says this. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Okay, all what? And he says, only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say, not a few, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. You know? And we perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's law. Wow. And Jesus is saying that, that, that knowing him is just not enough. Even doing things in his name is not enough. And that's a hard statement. That's tough. And so what is enough? What is enough? Jesus says that knowing 
It's about a knowing that goes beyond just knowing someone, you know, knowing who they are. And what we're going to find out, that's what a fan is. A fan knows all about the person that they're a fan of, right? Jesus is saying, it's more than just knowing about me. You know, Mark, you're a fan of the greatest basketball player to ever play the game of basketball, which is who? Larry Bird, right? I know some of you might think Michael Jordan. No, it's Larry Bird, right? And, and I'm a fan of Larry Bird. You know, I wear socks. Larry Bird socks. I got my, my good Larry Bird socks on, you know? And I can know about him. I can know what, what college he went to, what round he was drafted in, you know? I can know that, that, that he was the only person in NBA history who, who won player of the year, coach of the year, and GM of the year. Michael has never done that. But I'm a fan because I don't really know Larry Bird. Like, I, I can't go up there and go, hey, Larry, what's up? He's not on my phone. I'm a fan. And Jesus said, it's, it's more. Being a Christian is more than just being a fan of Jesus, knowing who he is. He's saying it's, what Jesus is saying, that, that word knowing is, 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 is more than just knowing about someone. Often that word is used of, of a husband and wife who, who know each other intimately. And that's the kind of knowing that Jesus is talking about, that, that, that we have to know him in that way and that we have to follow, that we have to follow him and his teachings. And that's what marks what a follower of Jesus is. That's what marks a Christian. And he goes on in verse 24, and he says this, because people are like, what? And he goes on in verse 24, he says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds his house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in and, and, and uh, torrents and, and floodwaters rise and the wind beats against the house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is what? Foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rain and the floods come and the wind beats against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And after hearing Jesus, some people chose not to follow. Some people said, not for me. And he chose not to follow. But some people did. Some people chose to follow him, and they literally dropped everything to follow him, and they changed the world. And they changed the world. We're doing this campaign because I don't want to sugarcoat what it means to be a Christian. That I want you to know the full story. The full story. That it's so easy to try to soften it up not to offend you, but the truth is that really wouldn't be the loving thing to do. Right? That wouldn't be the loving thing. To do. We are called by Jesus to go and make disciples. You know? That we are called to prepare and equip people, everybody, to be everything that God's called them to be and to accomplish all the things that God created them to accomplish. 
Jesus says, Paul says that you are his masterpieces. We are his masterpieces. Created in Christ Jesus to what? To do good works that the Father has prepared for us even before the world began. And the church is here to prepare and equip people to walk in God's design. That we've been created for a purpose. And the key question is, will each of us take that step to move beyond just being a fan of Jesus and knowing all about Jesus, to taking that step to truly become a follower of him? See, it would be criminal to me if our church, this church, would not share with you all that what it means to be a Christian and a follower of Jesus. I just cannot imagine if we're going to be a, a stadium. This church is not to be a stadium where we all gather and like, you know how fans gather in the stadium, yay, Jesus, go, right? Or we might be a little bit more sophisticated and say, let's get the pastors and the missionary and those guys, yay, you guys go. And everybody's in the fan cheering and all these cheers. That's not what the church is supposed to be. In fact, the Apostle Paul exhorted three churches at three different times in three different locations to move beyond being a fan of Jesus. He just encouraged them. You got to move beyond being a fan of Jesus and become a follower. Become a follower and, become, and, and really to choose to follow Jesus as a church. Three different churches, three different locations, same message. The message was simple. Walk in a manner worthy of your calling. That was, that was Paul's exhortation to the church. Walk in a manner worthy of your calling. You know, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. And that church chose not to be fans, but chose to be followers of Jesus, and they just impacted the entire city of Ephesus. So much in Acts 19, verse 17, it says, the story of what happened had spread quickly through all of Ephesus to the Jews and the Gentiles alike. A solemn fear descended on the city in the name, and the name of the Lord was greatly honored in that whole city, a key city, a big city. And many who became believers confessed their sinful practices a number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their incantation books and burned them all in a public bonfire. The value of the books were several million dollars. And so the message about the Lord spread widely and had a powerful effect. They walked as followers. They made changes in their lives. It cost them something, and then they made a huge impact in that city. In Colossians verse 1, verse, uh, verse 10. Colossians 1, verse 10. So that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. That's what Paul has exhorted this church. And this church in Colossae, what, it began to grow. But as they grew, it began to encounter all kinds of false teachings. There were like all these teachings going on and they began to lose their way. They began to lose their way because being a fan of Jesus is so much easier. But, but Jesus 
But Paul reminds them, he said, guys, you're called to be followers, not fans. And they made an impact in that city. And then in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 12, tells them, so that you would walk in a manner worthy of the God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. And, and this church in Thessalonica suffered so much persecution from the very get-go that, 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 that it would have been so much easier for them to just take a step back and just be fans of Jesus. Because as they were following him, man, it was costing them stuff. It was costing them their lives. And it would have been so much easier. But they followed Jesus, and the church impacted that city. And Paul was able to move beyond that and start churches in Athens and in Corinth. And in all these situations, what we see is something clear. The message of that, for that church is the message for us. It's KCF, will you walk in a manner worthy of your calling? And our calling is to impact this city, to make an impact in the world that will last from now through all of eternity by making disciples, by making people who will follow Jesus and they would go out and they would share the good news and that they would make disciples because that's what a follower of Jesus does. He doesn't just, she doesn't, he or she doesn't just stay there and get all the good stuff and we just gather together and we sing Kumbaya and we're just all happy together. But a true follower and a disciple of Jesus goes out and makes disciples. Goes out and shares. And we were never called to, to, to see if we can gather as many fans as we can to fill the bleachers, to cheer on Jesus. That was never our call. And through the wisdom and presence and the power of Jesus, that we're called to change the world. And so Jesus said, that's your call. So he's saying, church, walk in a manner worthy of your calling. You see, that's why. That's why we're doing this campaign. That's why this campaign is just so, so, so important. So that's the why. What is the what? What is this all about? Not a Fan is a campaign that was uh, developed out of a book uh, with the same title written by Kyle Eidelman. And we got some books here on sale. It has touched thousands and thousands of people, including me. It made a, a, a really big impact um, in my life. And out of that book came a movie, just a, a fictitious movie about a man who embarks on a journey that transforms his commitment to Jesus, and, and, and he becomes this true follower of Jesus. And so what this campaign is about is that it takes the themes from this book, looks at snippets from this movie. That's what they're gonna do in, we're going to do in small groups, take snippets from this movie, and that scripture passages and stories about people who made that transition from a fan to a follower. And we're going to do this over a period of 42 days. In our case, a little longer, because we're going to do a special service for Mother's Day. We're going to do that. And then we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to help transform us and to transform our commitment to Jesus. And so on Sunday mornings, it'll start off here on Sunday mornings. That is going to start off every week <clears throat> with the teaching and an encouragement um, 
uh, right here about going from being a, a fan to a follower. And then um, we're going to be, um, there's going to be a journal, like looks like this, and it's a, a journal that is absolutely vital to this campaign. And what it is, it's designed to, to guide you uh, to follow, follow up on the Sunday morning, the messages, and it gives you questions, and it just causes you to think. You bring this to your small groups, and what this is, is every day for 42 days, you're going to engage with Jesus. And it's really cool how it's set up. It's not hard, but it's something to be carried with you throughout the day because there's a morning section where there's some questions in the morning. And then at lunchtime about there, there's just another little section. And then in the evening, there's another section. And why that's so cool to me is like, it's not like, all right, I got it done. But it's throughout the day, you're allowing, you're allowing the Holy Spirit to just speak to you and to remind you. And it doesn't take a whole lot of time in the morning and lunch and in the evenings. But I guarantee you, if you would do that for 42 days, for six weeks, morning, lunch, and eat in, the, in the evenings, I guarantee you something's going to change. Because maybe for some of us, we've never had an experience like that, where we've invited Jesus into our lives, morning, lunch, and in the evening for 42 days in a row. This is vitally important. And uh, yeah, we're just going to be, it's going to be part of the campaign, so we've got a whole bunch out there, and we're just going to sell them out there. And you can use it to take notes on Sunday and you take it to your small groups. And then the third element is small group meetings during the week. And the other element is, you know, that this element is where a, a small group of people gather weekly. And in this, in this meeting, you'll, in this gathering, you'll begin to share, you know, discuss what you heard on Sunday. You begin to discuss and share things that God's been showing you, uh, on, uh, you know, in your uh, daily times with him. Um, there's this video segment from the movie. You're going to be talking about that with the whole idea to just encourage each other, to challenge each other, to grow to be a follower of Jesus. And you know what? Small groups is like, oh, man, that's, I don't know anybody. And, you know, that's a great place to get to know people. Some of the most significant ministries and most ex significant experiences that a lot of us have as Christians, happened in a small group. And so we're going to have a sign-up out there. There's also, if you look, you can sign up online, um, but you can check it out. But I want to encourage you to sign up. And all this, this fun and festivities starts next week. All right? So next week, we're going to start, out, start it all off. Uh, you can sign up. You can pick up a journal and stuff today. If, we're going to sell. There's a bunch of books as well. If you want to read the book, I would encourage you to read the book. It's just an awesome book. And then you just can sign up for a small group. And when you go to the table out there, if you just want to think about it, uh, they'll explain to you how you can go online and you can, um, you can join a group. That's right, right, Pat? Yeah, they can do that. And uh, so we can do that. Now, I want to say this, all right? One of the blessings for me um, um, in this campaign that we're doing is this man in the front of him is Patrick Matsumoto. And, you know, I, I just harangued him one day, and I said, hey, would you be willing? And he said, I'm willing, and now he's the campaign director for this whole thing. So thank you, Patrick. Just wave to everybody, and let's thank you so much for doing that. No wonder no one likes to talk to me after, because like, oh, what does he want me to do now? 
my heart is this. Like, why are we doing all of this? Why should you fully engage in this campaign? You know, I am hoping and I'm praying that you would all consider taking that step of faith and, and making that time commitment to just join in. You know, it's something that's very near and dear to my heart because when I was a junior in high school, I accepted the Lord. But I'm going to be really honest, I was more a fan of Jesus than anything else, you know, that I heard about him. I didn't want to go to hell, you know, and I wasn't sure if there really was a hell, but if there was, didn't want to go there, right? And so it was more, oh, I just got to know him, okay, and I, and I knew about Jesus. And I lived for years like that. And sadly, it didn't make any difference in my life. You know, you wouldn't know. Oh, Mark's a Christian? Oh, you would never know. Honestly, I would never know. It didn't change anything in my life. But when I realized that there was just so much more, and that, that there was so much that I was missing out on, that I made a decision that, you know what, I gotta, I've got to move beyond where I am. I've got to stop being a fan of Jesus, and I've got to explore, and I've got to take steps to be a follower of Jesus. And when I made that decision, it changed everything. You know, it just changed everything. It was changing things that I was afraid that I would have to give up, right? Because when you become a Christian, one of the things you, you think is like, do I got to give up all the fun stuff in my life? Because being a Christian is like, oh, it's like all boring and holy or something. So I got to give up all the fun stuff, you know? And I was afraid of that. I was afraid that God would just totally just mess up my life, you know? That he would turn my life upside down. That I might, he might even call me to like a, the jungles in Africa to be a missionary. And how can he do that when I'm a guy who, when I think of camping, camping is doing a weekend at the Hilton with his little soaps. That's camping to me. And like, oh no, you know, he's just totally going to mess up my life. But looking back, nothing was further from the truth. That, that, that God, yes, he was asking me to step away from things that I considered to be fun. He did. Because the truth was, those things were not good for me. It wasn't helping me at all. And he did. And, and there were major changes in my life that he was leading me to make. He did mess with my life. But you know what? I wouldn't trade it for the world. That I look at all the things that I thought were important and good and, and the things that I wanted, the fun things, and it's like, man, I am so glad you 
Because what I have today is so much better. That I look, I wouldn't have my family. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be friends with Vern Murakami. You know? And I don't know what life would be like if I wasn't friends with Vern Murakami. And all of you. It makes my head swim to think of what could be if I had just stayed and I was just happy and I stayed stuck in just being a fan of Jesus. I just can't imagine. And one thing that is absolutely clear to me is that I can declare I can join in and I can declare with Paul the Apostle, and this is now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think according to the power that works within us. That's what God does. That he does so much more than we could ask or ever imagine what he could do. But it starts with us that we've got to make a transition, that we've got to move from being fans and knowing about Jesus and cheering Jesus on to becoming a follower of Jesus. Where Jesus is not the highest priority. Jesus isn't the top of our who do I love the most list. Where Jesus becomes where he needs to be, where he becomes our only priority, where he becomes our only love. And I was just listening to the book, reading the book again last night, and what Kyle Eidelman says is like, you got a husband and you got a wife. And, and, and uh, can you imagine a, a husband saying to his wife, you know, honey, you're on the top of my list. I love you the most. Then there's Mary and Beth and Susan and, you know, Which wife would accept that? No wife. The wife, what what knits their hearts with their husband is when they are their husband's one and only love. Right? We understand that. But that's what Jesus is calling us to. Being a follower of Jesus is all about saying, Jesus, you are my one and only. You're not my one of many. You're my one and only. And over the next few weeks, eight weeks or so, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to just work in our lives. And I'm praying that at the end of these eight weeks that our church would be transformed because we would be transformed and that we would be able to walk in a manner worthy of our calling. And when that happens, all I can say is the best is yet to come because God's going to do something incredible. God's going to do something incredible. Call the worship team up. You see, please, please consider Responding to Jesus' invitation when he says, do you follow me? 
Get engaged in this, this campaign. Join all of us. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to move us from fan to follower. Let's see what God does. Let us see with our own eyes what God can do. That he can do immeasurably more than we, all we can ask or imagine. That's what God wants to show us. And it starts with his invitation, Jesus' invitation to us. Will you follow me? Why don't you stand with me? And we're going um, to let's pray and then sing a song and worship him. All right. Father, it is never going to be about just persuasive words or anything that we can do that can change lives, really. It's only but by your spirit. And I pray that for all of us here, we would give your Holy Spirit an opening in our heart to change us, to move us from fans to followers. Will you do that over these next few weeks?